everybody, and welcome to our fantastic, fantastic <laughs> new episode of a video review that I almost feel like we're doing on like a dare slash joke. Because <laughs> this is our our uh, video review of Fantastic Four. Now, if you remember when we brought <laughs> the last time we brought this movie. Dakota mentioned something about maybe I'll watch it when I have a free red box. And guess what? (laughs) (laughs) He had a free red box. So we watched it. And so we're going to (laughs) be talking about uh, just our feelings on on Fantastic Four. And if you haven't seen it at this point, um, we'll muddy... Well, hopefully we don't muddy the waters, but clear up some of the muddy waters. Um, Because there's a lot of feelings out there about this movie, wouldn't you say, Dakota? (laughs) Yes, yes, there is a lot of negative feelings about this movie. There's no easy way to go about it. Yeah, it just... uh... Might as well come out and say it now. (laughs) I'm not saying they're undeserved. I'm just saying. So here's the deal. This movie... um, Attempted to use, I believe, more the Ultimate Comics, a certain amount of plot lines and way they develop characters in this movie, but that really doesn't matter because you really don't notice it, (laughs) but that initially, as I said, oh, oh, this is going to be more the Ultimate, and I think that was just their way of, like, disassociating it with the other ones. And I and uh, maybe I'll just show my cards right now. It's pretty obvious because we're laughing. Those other movies look like masterpieces <laughs> <laughs> compared to this. But I I think what what might be interesting for us to do here tonight is the movie's a mess. It's it's an it's an absolute mess. But um, we'll talk about some of the some of the things that like maybe had potential, maybe almost went somewhere maybe where the mess started and uh i don't know dakota where would you start with with the mess (laughs) um i think it begins right at the very beginning of this movie when we get to see that uh reed richards has built his teleportation device (laughs) off of old nintendo 64s okay (laughs) yeah Uh, there's a lot of things kind of weird about that first okay so like you said, this is early on in the movie. It's like a fifth fifth grader, Reed Richards. And so I, I was still kind of optimistic at this point because, I mean, pessimistically optimistic. But, you know, you're like, okay, you know, is this really going to be as bad as they say? And so you try to, you're trying to, like, maybe forgive those certain, excent, we'll just call them eccentricities at this point of our optimism. And it's 2007. And, yeah. He's using all these Nintendo 64s, and he has this, like, gigantic old computer that he's using where it's like, this stuff would have been just, like, ancient ruins, <laughs> even in 2007, you know, which is, oh, so long ago. And and somehow these Nintendo 60, I mean, there was literally that one shot where it had, like, the 64 controller popping out, like <laughs> like he was using it for something, and somehow... Those helped him develop interdimensional travel. (laughs) 
So anyway, yeah, that's well. Actually, there's a scene before that where it was like I started getting worried because the kid actor who played Reed Richards was atrocious. <laughs> oh my gosh, the kid. First off, he was just kind of like staring off screen. It looks like he was like reading his lines or something because he was just in a st- or else he was just zoned out. And and he was just rambling through. He was just rambling through. And I get okay, he's like a fifth grader, but but there's a lot of fifth grade <laughs> actors that can act. And this kid was like, well, I mean, he was just like he was saying his lines. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. That that whole flashback was just that was a mess. So you think to yourself, okay, that was a flashback. Here we go. We'll cut to the next thing. Maybe it'll be better. And uh, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really a whole lot better. It was kind of it's kind of weird. I don't know the whole the whole movie. You know how sometimes in movies you catch like a continuity error where in one scene, you know, the person's leaning on their elbow and all of a sudden the next scene they're not and then they're back to leaning on their elbow. And you kind of catch it for that quick second. Maybe for that quick second you get distracted, but then you're back in the movie. This whole movie was like a continuity (laughs) error where there were so many things in it that were distracting from like hair being different and... Scars being out of place. Scars moving, and it was just like, what in the world? I mean, and the thing is, is this movie did have reshoots, but almost every, I shouldn't say every, almost every, but, well, in a way I can, almost every major studio film does reshoots these days. Nearly all of them go back and redo something. Because there's something they realize, like, oh, you know, we got all those big action set pieces we wanted, but it'd be nice to, you know, come and have this little filler scene here. Could you come back and do some lines? Okay. And so uh, it happens, but they were just noticeable in this movie. Um, you know, that Kate Mara was wearing a wig and and Miles Teller had a beard, and then his beard was gone, and then his beard was back. I mean, not like beard beard, but like scruff. And, uh, yeah, it was just really distracting, and then it ended up being just really off-putting. And, and okay, so so here we are. Here we are. We're, these are all like acting and, and continuity type things. But let's get to like the story and pacing. So, Dakota, where are we at with the story and pacing oh, of this man. movie? <laughs> Oh, okay. Your your understanding of story and pacing, as as you <laughs> would traditionally perceive it, Shakespeare set up the modern pacing in story. You know, like how a story rolls. Okay, <laughs> just just take all that, throw it out the window, <laughs> throw it out the window. If you're gonna enjoy this movie, that's what you got to do. Because I don't know what what they were trying to do here. Well. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out too. Like, like it, because you, you could argue like some of those scenes were like character building scenes because it was like because nothing was going on. And sometimes when there's a scene where quote unquote nothing is going on, there's still something going on because it's like it's you're you're developing those characters, you're giving them things that end up fleshing them out to where later on when you have a scene that feels like it means something more, you're more invested in them. But 
I don't know. It was like it was still kind of confusing. You weren't really attached. You didn't know why this person was. It was just like like the scene where Ben's like, "Well, I've been here two minutes. I hate it. See you later." <laughs> it was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, later he comes back, and we're supposed to care about him. And I mean, it was just like, okay. <laughs> and then how they got their powers was because they were drunk. <laughs> And it doesn't make any sense how Sue even got her powers since she didn't go with them through the thing, but it was just a mess. And and that's what I was trying to figure out. It's like, not all those things were in the research, you know, because if you don't know the, the politics and background of this, Josh Trank deleted and then quickly deleted, a, but once you say something, did I say deleted and then quickly deleted? Yes. <laughs> he tweeted... And then quickly deleted the tweet is what I meant to say. Um, like the the day before the movie was coming out, that he had an awesome version of this film a year before, and nobody will ever see it, and that's the way it goes. And you know, and it was like basically he was saying, like, this movie's gonna suck, but don't blame it on me <laughs> is what he was basically saying. And he quickly deleted it, but of course we all know how this digital age works. He said it. He has a million followers. It's out there. And so, and that's, I mean, he did that knowing that even when he deleted it, everybody would know. And so, well, first right there, he just killed the momentum, any of the momentum this movie maybe had by some of us that saw that one trailer and were like, oh, well, maybe. Uh, by the way, the one cool scene in that, one of the cool scenes that trailer isn't even in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It gets cut out by the studio, apparently. And, uh,. Yeah, and so I was keeping that in the back of my mind this whole time. Like, is there a hidden gem in here? Is do, am I seeing glimpses of this of this movie that you know is is better than any other Marvel movie uh, Fox has done? You know, or something that like you know Trank saying you know that's great. I don't know. I wasn't seeing it because here's here's the thing with like. With other movies that are like, you can see something's there, but they, they chopped it all up. You see those scenes that are like, wow, there's the scene they could have done that with and they didn't. And there's the other, like, this happened with, uh, well, most recently, Avengers Age of Ultron. Where it was like, I kind of wanted to see where they were going there. And then it kind of got cut off. And then it kind of made it confuse. well, not so much confusing as so much like a rabbit trail thing because it didn't end up going not going anywhere amazing spider-man 2 would be another example where it was like they were trying to develop so many things that they really couldn't play any of them out so they almost played none of them out and the movie just kind of (laughs) ended and so but you see the glimpses in those of like boy if that were recut maybe but this one it was like i i don't know did you see did you see a movie in there Uh, like a a redeeming Movie somewhere hidden in this? Oh, good lord! I mean, no. I, w- I was looking, I was waiting for it. I was like, I was waiting for like the scene. Like, okay, here's the scene that proves to me that there's a gem in here. I, I, I didn't see that scene. I think uh, one of the things I kind of grasp onto that uh, I think would have been cool is the fact that uh, they they don't actually say it; they hinted it. But the fact that they were using Thing to pretty much go kill terrorists, and they kind of yeah. they they imp- 
they decide that they're going to go send Johnny Storm to do the same thing. And I was like, oh, and he's pretty gung-ho for it. And I was like, oh, all right, this this could get really intense here. Uh-huh. And then they kind of just deflated that yeah, whole thing. Right, because and, even if that kind of, like, maybe bothers you, like, why would they have the Fantastic Four be killers for the government? At least the movie would have done something. <laughs> yeah. It would have at least gone somewhere, and then maybe there would have been repercussions of that. But it just kind of piddled and didn't matter and was kind of, like, seen through clips. An- another cool thing was uh, Ben Grimm is, like, the new is the new Bigfoot in the this movie. Sightings of the rock monster. And it's just, like, cool. Yeah. He's, he's like... He's like Nessie all of a sudden, but it's just like, <laughs> and he's it, super naked. <laughs> that also bothered me. Yeah, that was just kind of awkward that uh, it just felt, I mean, I get they kind of could, well, he's rock. Why does he need pants? But it just also felt funny to have this humanoid thing just standing there with absolutely no clothing on them, not even a hat. I mean, it was just like he was, and it's not like he had like this well-defined butt and other things, but it was still just very distractingly strange. And I think part of it is that everybody just kind of pictures like the thing in the Hulk wearing at least some sort of shorts or something. (laughs) And, you know, you don't have to do everything exactly like the comics, but like I said, it just made it, kind of distracting and maybe even off-putting because there was a few scenes where he stands up like really close to the camera and it was like you kind of kept like jumping like wait i shouldn't be looking and then you're like oh it doesn't matter he's a rock i mean it just was like it was just another thing where it was like (laughs) yeah they oh man here's the thing um (laughs) i actually (laughs) was did there (laughs) i was actually kind of excited to see this movie Way back when I announced it was it, that they had a director and that it was going to be based off the Marvel Universe because the Marvel Universe or the the Marvel Universe the Ultimate Ultimate Universe Marvel Universe was actually pretty cool, especially if you were into the Fantastic Four because that's where a bunch of their their better stories had happened yeah. in like decades. It's what made them cool again. Yeah, and one of those I think. I brought this up to Steven. One of the, I think one of the reasons why Fox really wants to hold on to this, the rights to the Fantastic Four is because Marvel can't use the Marvel zombies. Be- why? The Be- Marvel Studios can't use. Yeah. They can't, you're not going to see a zombie Spider-Man or a zombie Captain America because the Marvel zombies showed up in the Ultimate Fantastic Four, so Fox owns the rights to them. And I think that's kind of one way of them shooting the bird towards Marvel <laughs> because <laughs> they they did yeah. Fox did want to keep the rights to Daredevil. Unfortunately, they they lost them. They went back to they went back to Marvel. They reverted back, which is why we have the Netflix show. Yeah, and it seems like ever since then they've kind of just been doing everything they can to screw Marvel over. Uh, they wouldn't let. Uh, they wouldn't let certain characters that they they weren't even using go back to Marvel, uh, like Galactus, uh, some alien races that the Fantastic Four fought, like the Skrulls, um, and yeah, I think Uatau the Watcher was even included in there too. But uh, no, I was just I was just kind of generally excited to see you know the ultimate universe come alive and and they they kind of 
did a little bit with that. Like, uh, their uniforms, they're not the, not the spandex blue that they, that were, were used to seeing. They kind of have a more, um, a more, uh, environment suit. I don't know what you <laughs> want to call it. Yeah. I don't know. A more, something more plausible that you'd see somebody wearing. Even, yeah. Even if it is pretty form fitting. Um, and another thing I thought was cool is it, Ben Grimm in this is just actually, is actually grim, like the way he, the way he was. And I thought that was interesting. And they kind of imply that it, it hurts to be a rock monster, but it's just one of those things that they, they don't flesh out. They didn't, they didn't care to develop it. They're just like, Oh, okay. Well, all right. Moving on in, in this story that has no story. Yeah. The things that could have maybe made this movie a little more, uh, helped us maybe be a little more forgiving to it. They just, they just, just let them fall. Like, like there, yeah, every time there was, there could have been a, a development or a fleshing out of a character. It was like, no, we'll move on. Cause we got to get to this next scene that really doesn't have anything else going on in it. And so, um, and I don't know, in a way, I guess you could say this movie was a waste of talent. Um, Definitely Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> um, just because everyone else in this movie is kind of like, well, okay, you know, they've been in things that were good, but maybe, I don't know, it's hard to say if they're like the primo talent, but Michael B. Jordan, I'd say, has pretty much proven himself to be a pretty credible actor. And uh, <laughs> the thing is, is uh, I think maybe he was already signed on to this movie long before, <laughs> you know, cause they started developing this movie in 2012, I think is when Josh Trank came on and Josh Trank immediately wanted Michael B. Jordan to be the human torch. He was one of the first people that they announced was going to be a part of this movie. And since then, of course, Michael B. Jordan has gained <laughs> some steam with Damn. most recently Creed, which he probably signed on to, um, after he was even going to you know be a part of Fantastic 4 and and uh of course now Creed uh Creed came out what 2 months after Fantastic 4 yeah which worked yeah. out well for him because then he it was kind of his way of saying see I'm okay <laughs> right and uh proved himself again cuz he got a lot of acclaim for that movie and, and Stallone but um you know Michael B Jordan was given a lot of credit too for doing well in that movie. And so he would definitely be maybe the, the most like waste of talent and time in this movie. Um, yeah, it seems like all the, <clears throat> it seems like they, uh, a couple stars from this movie kind of rebounded quickly. I mean, Kate Mara has already just kind of, Oh, it's in the past. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> she just kind of let it go. And then she was in a, in an, in an October movie also, The Martian, yeah. where she wasn't a huge role, but I'm sure it helped her move on from the mess known as Fantastic Fan Four Stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the pressure is going to be on Miles Teller to kind of rebound from this thing quickly because definitely he already has this reputation that he's hard to work with, and this just made it worse. Yep, this... he he has you know he had wit he had. He was in Whiplash, and that's kind of where he got his biggest acclaim. Um, but Whiplash is in the past now, and now he's the Fantastic Four guy. 
Um, yeah, and you're right. Yeah, I heard that too, which is probably why him and Trank almost got into a fist fight on set because <laughs> it sounds like Josh Trank, the director, is apparently hard to work with too, and so <laughs> probably got a little volatile between those two. Yeah, so. I'm pretty sure we're not going to be hearing from Josh Trank for a very long time, if we do at all. It'd be interesting yeah, 10 years was... down the road to see where he's at. I mean, he was on the short list at Lucasfilm for doing one of their Star Wars movies, and as soon as he pulled this Fantastic Four stunt, and then I think just also the movie in general, he was scratched. I mean, and so, I mean, that was another, that was another potentially big gig that uh, <laughs> is gone for him now. And so, I don't know, he might have to go back to square one. Square Bleh, square one and have another chronicle that makes people be like, oh, well, okay, give him another chance. Kind of pull a Shyamalan. <laughs> Try to come back from the ashes, I guess. But Hey, there's um, always plenty of work in commercials, right? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always commercials. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then as far as uh, villain goes, um, the Fantastic Four, that's probably their best... Um, the best thing they got going for them is that they have one of the better Marvel villains, Doctor Doom. Yeah. In that, I mean, he's a guy who runs a country is really what he ends up, he ends up being like the dictator of a fictional country and using his power and means through that to do nefarious things to the world. Well, it's just kind of another wasted opportunity in this movie where he's really underdeveloped and underutilized i think the problem (laughs) that they have with him is is they're too afraid to have him as the leader of latveria and have the doom bots running around and have him being just like a an incredibly mad scientist with pretty much unlimited resources at his disposal right and uh well i think that's the deal when they they work so hard to make these movies seem all grounded and gritty and reality and it's like you can't really have Dr. Doom be Dr. Doom because of that. And so what do they do? They they water him down into a um, keep-to-himself computer programmer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of like trying to make a Superman movie where Superman doesn't fly. Like, oh, let's keep him realistic. Let's just have him go back to the whole he could jump really high thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's it's kind of. I think you just have to have the right director to pull off a villain like that. I just recently rewatched the original Spider Man. Um, the original. I don't know if it's. I guess that wasn't technically the original original because I think there was one TV movie thing before that. But the, the first classic Spider Man, the first Sam Raimi Spider Man, and uh, Willem Dafoe. I mean, plays that pretty campy. but because of how Raimi set up that movie and did that movie you're you're okay with it where like you're invested into the movie you like the characters and the campiness either fits or you're kind of forgiving of how it goes just because of the fact that it works in the universe that he made and you know the the problem with this movie is that and in a few other superhero movies, is they set up these worlds that they're like, oh, we want it to be like grounded in reality, but you can't because you're you're making a superhero movie. Yeah, 
you're making a superhero movie. You can't have it be totally grounded in reality because it's just not going to work or it's going to come across like this where it's just like you just like like what you called it a wasted a wasted opportunity was this movie where it's like um they had this chance to redeem themselves because people kind of got a bad taste in their mouths from those other fantastic fours and they made the absolute worst <laughs> fantastic four movie and that could be including the roger corman one from 1992 <laughs> yeah. um just because that movie knew what it was at least yeah and so uh well, the problem is that this is this wasn't. I know we talked about this kind of a lot. Like we had these these big stars that have been in these movies that kind of just bombed, but thankfully they haven't been like too massively <laughs> bombed too massively. Whereas this one did. It was actually uh, a lot of people consider it one of the worst movies of 2015. Yeah, and unfortunately for a while whenever someone thinks of the fantastic four they're gonna say oh man then there was that god-awful movie it was a, that was made in 2015 yeah. so that definitely hurt it i mean sure marvel's not gonna get the rights back to these guys uh but even if they did they probably wouldn't use them very much well and the thing is is marvel won't even get them back till 2020 2022 if fox doesn't do anything with them and so maybe by then <laughs> they could do something with them. I don't know. Maybe it's just time to uh, release it. Just <laughs> let it go and just just let it be. Because <laughs> it just this is the fourth attempt. <laughs> could someone just and... could could someone just talk to Fox and be like, just let it go? Yeah, I don't know. Like you, you had that's this is the third reincarnation of this team, and you you failed worse than you have before. Maybe just let it go to a studio that that'll that'll do a better job. You still have the X Men, just yeah, and that's what you're good at. So just do X Men. Yeah, that's what they've been having their success with, and well, and possibly Deadpool now in the next. And the thing about the few weeks, unfortunately, the thing about the X Men movie is is. We even had a few crap ones of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why we had the universe wiping away that happened in uh, Days of Future Past. Right. Because that completely destroyed what happened in X-Men, Wolver- X-Men Origins Wolverine and right. and the, the third uh, X-Men movie. And X-Men 3 was messy. Yeah. Um, it wasn't nearly as messy as this movie was. Um, that just suffered from just... just I think bad storytelling. Yeah, but in X Men Origins Wolverine, wasn't a good movie, but at least you, it was forgivable. Yeah. <laughs> like it had it had moments that that worked. They were few and far between, and 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 they were I don't know they were trying. I mean, this movie didn't even feel like they were trying. It just it ended up just coming together really sloppy and lazy. And uh, it was just funny because at the end of this movie, instead of having like an after credit sequence, just said, "This film helps support fifteen thousand jobs," and it's like, "Oh, <laughs> well, there's one thing good about it, I guess. It gave people jobs because it didn't do much else." There you go. They helped stimulate the economy for one brief moment. Well, and then the movie bombed, and then I don't know if that helps anybody. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, wouldn't that be crazy if? 
if Fox just decided to gather up all these DVDs and Blu-rays and buried them in the desert 20 years from now, all of a sudden <laughs> somebody goes out and tries to find them. And they'll make a documentary about it. Yeah. And then and then someone will try to forgive this movie, and then they'll watch it and realize just how horrible it is. And... <laughs> uh, the game burying, though, with Atari had nothing to do with the game being necessarily bad, though. This one should just be buried and forgotten and left forgotten because it's just bad. Um, yes, there's worse movies, but yikes. <laughs> this one is pretty rough. <laughs> so I think with that, we'll, we'll wrap up this, uh, this video review. There's not much else to say except uh, I would avoid because, uh, you know, we both kind of said, well, maybe this will be so bad it'll be funny, but... It just kind of it stays right in that area of just unsettlingly bad. You don't really get much relief <laughs> in any sort of way. Yeah, every so often there's a movie so bad it's just good. Like you kind of just can't help but laughing <laughs> at it. This yeah. was not that movie, and under no circumstances you could. I don't know. Will this ever be that movie? I don't think so. I think this one's just going to be in the bargain bin and then eventually just forgotten. That's just yeah. the, that's the doom of this movie. And the movie that Miles Teller is probably going to have to try to crawl, crawl his way away from. Because I think the other ones have and he just hasn't yet. So. Okay, he still has a couple more divergent movies, right? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that'll help. There you go. So, but anyway... Um, that's our video review of Fantastic Four, which we give um, one big steaming pile of crap. So <laughs> it's on you now. We've warned you. And, uh, yeah, so with that, um, just remember to subscribe to us if you haven't on iTunes or YouTube or whatever way you listen to us. Uh, most of those ways have some sort of subscribe way or to get on email list. So I hope you're doing that. Also, remember to rate review us whether it's our podcast in general or rate our episodes give a thumbs up if you're listening on youtube or thumbs down but hopefully it's a thumbs up <laughs> we like the thumbs up so hopefully you're doing that um and then also you know we're on facebook we like to throw in um news updates and anything going on with our with our show we do so hopefully you're you're doing those things for us because we appreciate it and we thank you for listening to this episode and for hanging with us through this uh, interesting review <laughs> of the Fantastic Four. So I think with that, we'll close out here. So this is Steven. And this is Dakota. Have a fantastic evening.